Welcome to the Ukulele on the Ground podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero. Joining me are Mr. Aaron, the voice Nakamura. Say what's up, Aaron. What's up? And Mr. Kahai, the legend Fergan. Say what's up, Kahai. What's up? It is Thursday, 1 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time. It's time. It's live here at the Ukulele on the Ground podcast. Now, here's the guys. Are we using a different intro? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, everyone? Uh, In this show, we answer any and all of your ukulele questions. We have some nice discussions. Um, We talk about what's going on here at Ukulele Underground. We basically just uh, talk about whatever. This is your normal ukulele uh, ukulele podcast. So let's uh, let's just get right into it. Kahai, do we have any questions? Hmm? Yeah, go ahead. Hit me one. Uh, (laughs) So we got two questions. Uh, uh... Mm -hmm. Okay, so this one is an easier question, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's from Heart Ukulele, and they said, uh, my question concerns the use of truss rods and ukes. Mm. Is it important to have a truss rod built into the neck of a uke? Will a truss rod always help prevent neck bows? Uh, how common are neck bows and what usually causes them? What can players do to prevent neck bowing in their ukes? Uh, thank you for your help. Yeah, it's a lot of questions. <laughs> but, I mean, ultimately, um, it does not need truss rods. You know, like, ukuleles are so uh, are, are so small. But it actually depends how well they're built. I mean, if they're built well, um, it shouldn't need a truss rod. Um, a truss rod just kind of keeps it so that it's straight oh, yeah, at all yeah. times. So what yeah. is a truss rod? Oh, okay, a truss rod is um, something that you put... Uh, into your into the 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 neck of your ukulele, so it, so it comes from here. Yeah, it's yeah. built into yeah. it. You don't like you can't really retrofit no, 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 an ukulele no, you with no. one. You can't so. add a truss rod afterwards. Yeah, it's, it has it's to be part of there. the building process. Like, yeah, if the if the builder decides yeah. to put one in, then they so will. all that all that does is it makes sure that your you know that that your fretboard doesn't bow or doesn't you know have uh, have any kind of like curve in it or, or whatever you know. Other than that, because. Uh, like electric guitars would would normally have it you can you know you can tighten it which would make the truss rod kind of go up or you can loosen it which makes the truss rod go the other way so you can kind of straighten out oh i should show you this way so you can um tighten it and it make it go like this you know if it needs to or you can loosen it which then goes like this right so you just want it straight as straight as as straight as possible that you know if uh if there's any kind of bowing any kind of curve it will affect your playing it will affect like the uh, intonation <clears throat> and just the overall life of the uh, of the instrument but ukuleles should be built well enough that it doesn't need those things um, maybe like an economy ukulele that is known for you know for having bowing then um then maybe they might put a truss rod in there but it's not necessary like i know um, i know kanile is at least uh, i better make sure before i speak out of turn here like they don't have truss rod. I, I they don't have a truss rod in there <clears throat> yeah it's actually so. yeah for for ukuleles, it's usually a premium yeah kind like, of feature. It doesn't need it if it's built well. It, it doesn't really need it. And if you're asking what causes those things, I mean your your normal wear and tear, like uh, if you're if you have like high or low humidity and um, you know anything that would affect the wood that would kind of bend the wood in any kind of way. That's usually if you leave it in your car. If you if you do those kind of things, it will like will bend. Or if you live in a relatively colder area, that might you know that might bend the uh, the neck a little bit. And it's not just your neck. I think for ukuleles, it's mostly here on the body. Like there's like bowing and stuff. But um, so far, in my, oh, sorry about that. So far in my experience, the necks have uh, have been relatively stable. I don't think I've ever had any um, any problems with the neck um being bent or anything like that i mean i've seen it in like cheaper ukuleles but a quality ukulele should not need it yeah like the only thing that i can really think of that would 
um, you know, cause Boeing immediately, mm. maybe. And even th- this is like, it's not really common that happens. Mm-hmm. But they say like when you travel on a plane, right, loosen your strings because uh, the going oh, yeah. up the in altitude mm-hmm. will increase the tension. But mm-hmm. even then, if it causes any difference in your ukulele, mm-hmm. like if you keep it in a good environment after you mm-hmm. land, you know, and you, you get situated uh, and you just keep it there for a few weeks, it should go back to normal too yeah and even even that's kind of tricky because i've i used to loosen my my strings when when i traveled and stuff and then i just stopped doing it just because i'm like i don't i don't know when i loosen my strings if uh, if we go on a tour where like where we hit the ground running you know like i have to like retune my ukulele back up and loosening the strings like kind of messes with um with the feel of my ukulele because it might be too loose and then we have a different um you know we have a different kind of uh, what's the word for it um humidity than than here in hawaii so it's going to be even <clears throat> tougher for my ukulele to get used to it but if it's not detuned and it's got that same uh, tension that it came from uh, from hawaii then i just have to compensate for the, the new humidity but it's like i have to compensate for the humidity and i have to tune it back up so <clears throat> i just stopped doing it i've not had problems i mean i don't i'm not saying that like you don't gotta do it or whatever because there have been times like Ryan, um, you know, uh, he <clears throat> he's my old guitar player and he's an owner of Ukulele Underground. You guys should know Ryan. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Ryan was uh, was was doing a tour with us. His was it Boulder Creek? Was that his Boulder Creek guitar? It um the bridge like popped out because of uh, you know like too much tension from the strings. So I don't know if it's necessarily just a guitar thing and uh, maybe the guitar steel strings are just super high tension as opposed to like ukulele strings but i've never had a problem with ukuleles on the plane and i i fly quite often so i i, I don't know <clears throat> yeah and uh, according to my my friend who's a pilot like he's he says that no um modern planes are pressurized anyway so even if you check it in and stuff like the you know the the carrier where they have all your luggage and stuff that that's also pressurized so it you know maybe just a little bit of like pressure change but you know that's no different than like going to uh you know to to a different humidity and, and or altitude yeah, or altitude yeah yeah, yeah. So it's not not that bad but i don't know like i like i said this is kind of tricky because it's never happened to me but i know people that it has happened to so there have been cases but i i, I don't know never never had a problem yeah i think trust trust rods are typically something that they build into guitars mm-hmm. steel string guitars mm-hmm. or steel string instruments yeah. in general They'll, they'll add a truss rod in there because the, yeah, the tension of yeah. the, the strings might cause the the uh, instrument to react. Mm-hmm. And then having the <clears throat> truss rod in there um, prevents you from having to reset your entire neck, mm-hmm. which which can be like a costly process, right? If yeah, if you if it bows and then you have to reset, you know, have have a luthier go in and take off that the costs neck, money. Yeah. reset the <laughs> neck. Money. Yeah, with the truss rod, it just <clears throat> allows you to do like a you know you can take it in, they'll mm-hmm. tweak it a little bit, reset the action. Yeah. It's all just like tightening or loosening that truss yeah, rod. Yeah, it's, and it's then that that process. will help. So, um, with small, I mean, the ukulele is smaller and it doesn't have steel strings on it, mm. so it really shouldn't need. It shouldn't need. A truss rod. If it's built correctly. You know? Yeah. But I did notice that um, a lot of guitar builders who start building ukuleles. They put the truss rod in. Put the head. truss rod mm. in just because that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then some, some ukulele manufacturers offer that as an option. Mm. 
but I don't think there there hasn't been too much of a you know no. like, and I mean it's not it's not it's long not, either you know because if it was longer then maybe that like that amount of uh, yeah call that, that angle, amount of t- tension yeah yeah because it's, it's such a small angle and like maybe back then too because they used to make the um, the necks out of like koa and stuff and koa is a relatively softer wood that's why it yeah. makes really good tone wood. But nowadays, like almost all the um, um, the the necks are made out of either mahogany or rosewood, which are like harder um, like harder woods. So they're mm-hmm. built great for necks. Yeah, I think like even uh, electric guitars, like they have the truss rod, right? And if you go in and you buy an electric guitar, they might ask you like, "Oh, do you want us to set up your electric guitar and mm-hmm. what kind of strings you do you want and mm-hmm. how are you gonna play it?" And if you're, you know, you're playing metal music and you're playing like with a drop tuning that's really low, they're going to put on like a heavy gauge string that's almost like bass strings at that point, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when they do that, it's going to naturally pull the neck forward. Like that's how much tension it is on. Mm -hmm. But you can't really, you don't put like that high gauge strings on ukes anyways. No. So you're you're rarely going to see strings that are going to cause your neck to like completely... You know, because yeah, if you put it out those those heavy strings on a guitar, you can physically see the neck kind of like just start kind of yeah, bending start in, pulling. and so that's where they yeah. adjust the truss rod, right? Like because they know like oh, we want it to bend back a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, having too. having yeah. a truss rod built into your ukulele probably would drive up the cost too. Yeah, you know, if you if you're having a custom ukulele built mm-hmm. and they ask you like, you want a truss rod in there? It's mm-hmm. gonna cost more. Yeah, it doesn't need it. But if you do have a truss rod in there, it doesn't affect the sound either. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it really is just like a, a metal rod that's like stuck in your, uh, um, in your neck, which then connects to the body, just making sure that that neck stays still. So it doesn't lend any kind of um, sonic qualities. Like it's not going to make it yeah. sound better or, or whatever. It'll um, make it heavier. It's, yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's kind of like insurance, right? Like uh, car insurance is like, you probably won't get into an accident. Your your neck probably won't bow. Yeah. But if it mm. does, then this thing is already built in and we can kind of fix it. It'll for be you. easier to fix. But it's like, yeah, it's very, very unlikely that yeah. it's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Especially with whatever nylon, yeah. nylon, nylon strings. strings fluorocarbon now, strings. There are some, uh, there's some nylon string guitars that I know have truss rods in there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, like ukuleles, you, you don't really need it. I've never... Had had to adjust a truss rod on the uke. Nor have I. I don't know if I had a uke with a with a truss rod. Period. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I gotta go check that up. But I know you know. I play Kanye Lee all the time, and they don't have uh, truss rods in there. Or I could be wrong. You know, like I'm gonna ask, and next week I'm gonna come back and be like, yeah, you know what? There is a truss rod or whatever. <laughs> I have <laughs> heard of, of of people putting um, into the necks. They set uh, carbon. I guess carbon fiber or carbon um, mm. filament sticks or something mm. just to reinforce the neck to make sure that, that it might, stays yeah. straight. That might be. There's like something going on here, like that they. It's kind of like you know, like how Legos just kind of like come together and stuff. Yeah, they, there is something going on down here that they that they make so that it like kind of just lines up like perfectly. Oh, yeah. No, well that's no for for these for the Kanileas. Yeah, you know, like yeah, they but, have that. But that's just to like connect. The neck yeah. to the body, right? But it's I'm like just—I'm guessing it may, makes it not move. I don't know. No, no, no but I'm, I'm talking about—I'm talking about like into the the neck wood. Oh, people, okay, okay, they okay. will set like a like a piece of carbon, mm. all, like all the way 
down the length of the neck mm-hmm. on the inside mm. and then they put the fretboard over it to cover that but mm. that just strengthens the neck itself mm. so like i've heard of that mm. um which isn't isn't like, you, like the, yeah the yeah, trust yeah the trust rod allows it to be adjustable so that doesn't make it adjustable mm-hmm. adding the carbon in there but mm. it does strengthen um it, I've, I've heard of builders using that mm. It, it kind of makes sense that you said, right, like that builders who go from guitars to ukuleles will put a truss rod in. <laughs> and it seems like when they do that kind of stuff or like, you know, doing what you said with the neck, it's like, uh, I don't know. But, you know, the neck might bend like they're afraid <laughs> of it. And they're yeah. not used to it. It's like, no, not usually. <laughs> like, it's very yeah. rare that it will happen. Yeah, so. or unless like you know, like you develop a style like Barry Flanagan, where like you're full on like bending, you know, like the uh, the neck and stuff, then maybe you know, like you might want to put a truss rod in there. But other than that, I don't, I don't think you need it. For yeah. those people who don't know, Barry Flanagan from Hoppa, one of like, or or even um, like Makana and go, those people who do like those crazy like bending of notes with their like with their necks and stuff, they have specialized truss rods that that allows you to be you know able to do those things but i don't know of any ukulele player that that utilizes that technique so other than that i don't i don't think it's necessary for ukuleles yeah yeah uh and but uh since you mentioned carbon um do you know if blackbird has um has truss rods on their uh, on their necks because it's just like one piece right? yeah yeah no it's yeah it's okay uh, yeah the the entire thing is one mm-hmm. piece yeah, yeah okay. so so it wouldn't yeah they wouldn't that's what i was thinking like but that. i just i just figured since it's kind of like carbon fiber it's like it's it's on the it's on the thin side so maybe that like um that tension might like you know might bow it because it's so thin but no, I, I don't think it's carbon right. fiber itself is strong yeah 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 you're right. and light so mm-hmm. so what blackbird does is i think their neck is partially hollow yeah, yeah, that's that's why. Yeah, because it's hot. That's what I was thinking. Like, the, do they have a no? Rod in there, but no, I mean, that's I why. Sure. So, so if you think about it, like, where would the truss rod even I guess go? So. There's yeah. nothing in the center of the neck. Yeah, because that was the whole idea of their first ukes and guitars, right? Mm-hmm. Where they they were breakdown guitars and ukes, and you can like kind of just fold them in half, even. Oh, and stuff. Mm-hmm. so cool. All right, next question. I I don't know. That might be a different company. I thought uh, I thought Journey Instruments does that. All right, I the thought at least like, they made a guitar like that, like a guitar that. Can the one that Joey fold. plays doesn't doesn't it do that? Like doesn't yeah, that's it, a like, Journey like, instrument. Take off? That's a Journey. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I don't think I've ever seen anything that's, that's kind of within that, which is pretty cool actually. Like I I was surprised when Joey Charles, um, shout out to Joey, showed us um, you know that he could do that with a guitar because. Um, it fully like loosens the you know like loosens the strings but it kind of goes smoothly like when you once you put it in tune it up a little bit and it goes i was expecting it to like maybe have some intonation issues and stuff but it was good to go i'm I'm yeah it's a guitar that folds in half basically pretty cool travel guitar like a pure travel guitar Mm -hmm. yeah next renee has a question in the chat she said i have uh two hydrometers my house is between 36 to 40 and the hydrometer in her case is 67. Okay. Is that difference every day okay for my uke? Um, well, it might be different inside the case and it might be different like outside, much like how it might be different inside your house and outside your house. You know, like the, uh, the humidity levels are going to be different, um, especially if you're putting a humidifier inside your case. Um, either that or maybe like the hygrometer just reads a little bit differently. But I, I do know that 
depends on the situation the uh, the humidity levels does change but 60% sounds pretty good you know like for for your instruments so if you just keep it at that and keep it inside the case when you're not playing it that should be fine yeah like i i would say if you're going to leave it out of the case like you're mm-hmm. going to have it in the case for a long period of time and then leave it out for like a week or two mm-hmm. then you might see some differences but mm-hmm. not necessarily mm, i don't think any thing bad would necessarily happen to it mm. or you won't see it right away so yeah yeah what's uh i feel for those people that like have low humidity or, or too high humidity and stuff like i love like just picking up my ukulele and going instead of like having to like oh which case is that you can and having to open it and and, and taking that out like that or just even dis- displaying your your instruments you know like it's tough to just display it and then just i guess detune it you know um those humidity, man, those humidity levels, you know, watch out for them, especially up there in, uh, in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Next. Okay, so Joko asked, uh, how do you define uh, Hawaiian music? Mm. Uh, what are its characteristics? Uh, it certainly got to be more than just music made by, made by people from, who are from Hawaii. Mm. Um, mm. So, and he mentions that there's a, a contest in the old forum. Yeah. And it's songs about Hawaii. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily make it Hawaiian music either, no, right? No. So um, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, I don't know if we have enough cred to be answering that question. Um, but we'll try to answer it as best as we can. Okay, so that this goes with the disclaimer of like we don't claim to be experts at Hawaiian music or Hawaiian culture, even at that. So with that said, <laughs> um, now with the protection of uh, of our disclaimer. Um, you know, it it really depends because here in uh, in Hawaii, like Hawaiian Hawaiian music, the original music is nothing but like chants and and things that they would just use percussive instruments to and stuff like just any kind of story that you know um, that is put into into rhythm is uh is technically like Hawaiian you know like Hawaiian music from back in the day you know you would chant it out there's all these like uh uses uses for um you know for for certain songs and certain chants and stuff it wasn't until like um guitars and ukuleles were introduced that they fully like put it into you know put it into music and started like write you know writing songs in the more um like modern sense of like songs with like chords and whatnot but um hawaiian music could have been like yeah could have been as something as simple as as a chant and then they're like um shaking their uli uli which is like the what is that little shakers and stuff and then they it's all these like hula instruments that they have that you know that's how they would you know they would create music but uh anything but i don't know it's it's tough and and i'm i'm afraid to like define it only because as uh, as it gets more and more modern like the uh, the the description or the um the definition becomes more and more vague you know like of what hawaiian music really is but if if i were to generalize it really is any music coming out of hawaii like from hawaii uh, people who identify as hawaii musicians <laughs> like i don't, I don't know how <laughs> you, would, you would explain it. because like if uh I, i've talked to my friend kaniho about this the guy who you know who face tattoo and bass and stuff and um and he was saying that like it 
I, I I was telling him, is this okay? You know, as I'm not Hawaiian at all, but I am from Hawaii and I, I identify as Hawaiian from this is where I'm from, but I'm not like Hawaiian in blood or anything like that. And I was telling him, I'm like, is that okay to just kind of teach the Hawaiian culture, teach ukulele and, uh, and tell people about the, you know, like olelo, like how people speak and give people like advice on pronunciation and whatnot. He's like, yes, but you have to watch out because, you know, like any kind of, uh, any kind of hula, any kind of um, like music, any kind of uh, story and stuff, you have to have at least some kind of, um, some kind of kubu or some kind of teacher that pass this knowledge down to you so that you can pass that knowledge down to whoever else. And uh, the reason for that is because like the genealogy of that knowledge matters to them. You know, like which, you know, which teacher, um, you know, which teacher taught it to you. They might either say things differently, dance things differently, play things differently. And that uh, you can pretty much trace like, okay, that version is from this person, uh, from this school of school or whatever. But, you know, if, uh, if, if I was somebody that didn't have any kind of, you know, um, didn't belong to any kind of genealogy of, of music teachers, then it would be kind of tough to say that like, oh, I, I play Hawaiian music or I do Hawaiian music or whatever. There has to be some kind of connection. So according to him and his girlfriend, Kahea, like as long as there's, you know, there's a certain respect and there's a certain connection to like actual Hawaiian culture and Hawaiian music, then um, then it's it's okay. So for for them, they're saying like it's it's okay because uh, I have studied under you know um, under uh, hula instructors and kumu and, and, and all these people that have taught me like how to pronounce certain words. Even though like I'm all over the place at all times and stuff, there are you know people who have who have taught me and. Um, and it's it's kind of cool because if you're saying something wrong, like I just said, they can trace back or be like, "Oh, who's your teacher? Who taught you how to sing how to sing that song? Who taught you how to do that song?" They can they can blame them that person, you know. Um, but that's that's really it. Like it has uh, for me Hawaiian music, you know, for my own definition, it has to have some kind of lineage from you know that that that. Is, is like a Hawaiian music or Hawaiian culture teacher. It has to come from a place in Hawaii for it to become Hawaiian music. So simply just, you know, like writing music with Hawaiian lyrics in it isn't necessarily going to be a, you know, a Hawaiian, a Hawaiian, uh, it could be a Hawaiian song, but it's not necessarily Hawaiian music. I don't know, does that make sense? Because uh, that's, <laughs> I'm trying to remember it, like what, what he's telling me, but they basically like lectured me about this stuff because, you know, I was just paranoid and I wanted to be respectful, you know, to, uh, to their culture. And because I am like, you know, on the internet, like teaching the secrets of ukulele or whatever, although it's modern techniques and modern like um, takes on the ukulele, it's, I still have to have, some kind of teacher that that is connected to you know some kind of hawaiian music lineage yeah i think it's yeah it's hard to define because yeah hawaii is is like the i mean even what we we call modern hawaiian versus mm-hmm. like uh, uh con- or contemporary hawaiian music yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. it's all different and uh hawaii in general just has like a ton of influences right mm-hmm. so that's why like you you know the music that we love, like Kawa Crater Boys, mm-hmm. you'll hear them sing a bunch of like, uh, you know, cowboy music, Western yeah. music and yeah. stuff. And even like, uh, like stringed instruments, when it was introduced, it was uh, influenced by the Spanish uh, mm-hmm. cowboys, right? So that their type of music kind of got ingrained with Hawaiian music. And then it just kind of, if you, I mean, and, and that, that's kind of like the I, even the idea of like putting a name to the genre uh, 
it's it's fine but like it's i don't know like it when you learn a song if you enjoy it it's not that important to know like where it comes from right like oh is this the you know is this uh classified as hawaiian music like quote-unquote hawaiian music mm-hmm. is like if you enjoy it that's fine you know yeah yeah what was the original question uh he just wanted to know like what Hawaiian is con- like yeah what's how do you hawaiian define music? hawaiian music because uh he's trying to i guess trying to write a song for that contest and he's not sure what they mean like write a song about hawaii you know or yeah i think even in the, the contest too the person says like you can play a song from like a hawaiian artist or something but mm-hmm. he was just wondering what it even is like oh, Hawaiian music it, it would just be up to however they define it mm-hmm. right yeah but yeah it's so it's, i mean how do you define any genre of music no, honestly but you know? i mean like, in that context yeah. right it's only it's based on whoever's hold, holding the contest i guess so whatever they they consider they hawaiian consider music. hawaiian music yeah. then you just abide by those rules mm. but for for as as for the bigger question, like what yeah. is Hawaiian music? Yeah, like, uh, that's, that's, that's a totally different thing. That's very deep. That's a very deep question because yeah, because like because even that I'm I'm like I never would say that I am Hawaiian. Yeah, just because it could be confused with being Hawaiian blood, eth- yeah. ethnicity. Yeah, 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 and and which is not right. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I was born in Hawaii. I was I lived here most of my life. Um, for majority of my life, mm. uh, yeah, <laughs> my my mm. my home address, my mailing address has always been ha- <laughs> Hawaii. in Hawaii. Yeah, but I cannot say that I'm Hawaiian because because mm. like and, and that's why like when people hear right, they ask, oh, like uh, you know, where are you from? It's like what part of the island are you from? Mm-hmm. And then they they ask like, oh, what are you? You know, like they're asking like, oh, are you Japanese or Chinese? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's like. Yeah, you know, and I, even like when if I go someplace else and people ask, "Oh, like where are you from?" I say like, "Oh, I'm from Hawaii," yeah. but yeah. I don't expect them to think that like, "Oh, yeah, you're Hawaiian," you know. Yeah, yeah. but like, but in the mainland, they'll they'll refer to you know if we're coming mm-hmm. over and visiting, they're like, "Oh, the, we got to take care Hawaiian of these Hawaiians," <laughs> and like that's not you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's correct in the sense of like. There's Californians, you yeah, know, yeah. Like it's not an ethnicity, yeah. but you're from California. So yeah, but Hawaiians in a sense that like we're from like, Hawaii. It's the same thing mm-hmm. as like I was born and raised in America, yeah. but I'm not Native American. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like the same just thing. American. Yeah, it's plain you know, old American. Yeah, it's a thing I'm where it's from like Hawaii. <laughs> That's the same thing, right? I'm from Hawaii. Yeah, the name has like a geographic and like ethnic and cultural mm-hmm. like uh, connotations to it, yeah. right? So yeah. that's why it's like. Uh, yeah, that's because know. these people did have their own thing, you know, until they didn't. <laughs> like, I don't want to get yeah. into that yeah, conversation, I mean, but and you it, know, it like... comes with so much cultural baggage, yes, right? Yeah, like, I can't yeah, yeah. say that I experienced, mm-hmm. you know, the same mm-hmm. culture, cu- cultural uh, ramifications right. as Native Hawaiians have experienced. So I can't, yeah, yeah I can't like use that moniker. Yeah, I've uh, I've asked Kanyu and Kaheo about that too. I was like, you know, it's like, do I ad- can I identify as like Hawaiian because I'm from here, but yes. not by blood? They're like, yo, well, you know, if we're talking blood, I'm definitely not. You know, yeah, but like, not... you are Hawaiian in the sense that you're, you know, 
uh, you're, you're from here, you know, like, you know, this culture, you know, this, this place really well. You represent Hawaii, like, as a Hawaiian, like, all over the place or whatever. I'm just like, oh, that, that makes sense. But, you know, like, that's still kind of vague, like, a gray area of, like, if you can call yourself a Hawaiian or not, you know? Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah. When in like, doubt, don't. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't. You yeah. know, I don't. I One of the only things back then in my, uh, in my YouTube description was, no, I'm not Hawaiian because most people... I guess assumed that I was Hawaiian, uh-huh. uh, Hawaiian from Hawaii. Uh-huh. I'm from Hawaii, but I wasn't even born here. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I, I get less and less Hawaiian as you know me more and more. <laughs> I play the ukulele. That's just, you know. Yeah, I <laughs> think... can't even say that correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think uh, Joko, like Joko, was looking uh-huh. for like specific things that, like, oh yeah, this is what makes Hawaiian mm. music, right? But yeah, it's it's become like so, you know. What mm. even because like what we consider uh, Hawaiian music now or like local music now is different from local music, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. And mm. it's different from local music that 40 years ago, too. So it yeah. just it's changing over time. Yeah. And yeah. that definition of like Hawaiian music, like people come to Hawaii, right? And they hear songs in the airport mm-hmm. and they're like this is Hawaiian music. And it's like, yeah, that's, that can be Hawaiian music. But then you can also hear Hawaiian music where there's no like guitar or ukulele or anything. Mm-hmm. You would just hear, you know, ipus and stuff. And right. it's like, that's Hawaiian music too. So was, yeah. Are, yeah. Like how Hawaiian? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, well, it was because like, there's, I guess, you know, with, with, uh, with, with social media nowadays and stuff and people kind of dancing on social media or whatever, like there's people like dancing hula on social media and there's those people like who kind of learn hula and then like, you know, try to like, try to do their interpretation of what, like whatever hula is, not knowing that hula is such a, like is a huge deal here and a very powerful, like powerful thing that if you kind of like, just like, not mock it you know it's it's tough like people take it very 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 seriously so you know like and as you guys notice we don't have too much hula here on ukulele underground like we had maybe one or two or something like yeah things and then we we, yeah we we had people that know actually know that actually like do you know like do the art justice because just like i said you know like um, there has to be a lineage of, uh, of of where that art came from. So, mm-hmm. like you know, with in, in that case, the hula dancer that we had belonged to a halal who you know, like who uh, who has a kumu, and then that kumu belonged to a halal before that, who had that kumu, and so on and so forth. You can really trace it back, and um, you know, and, and we trusted them to uh, to to do justice to to hula, and we wanted to bring a good representation of hula, and we didn't just like. Here's some. Here's the moves. We're talking about the waves, so let's do the waves and the moon and stuff. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> like from two different uh, two different schools. Like telling the story about the moon could be completely different. Like the same <laughs> like Hanalei moon, for example, could could have like a hundred different ways to dance, and depending mm-hmm. which school you came from. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. <laughs> I just I remember that conversation. I'm like. Because I felt guilty, you know, like as a like as an ukulele like instructor, not necessarily like um, Hawaiian of Hawaiian descent or blood or anything like that. And I'm just like, am I like doing a disservice, <laughs> like you know, by by they're like, no, 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 no. You you know, you're you're spreading the culture, but you're giving respect to it, and that's all that matters and stuff. I'm like, okay, I'll try to as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even from here, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, people kind of, it, you know, like. People wouldn't be surprised if you said, oh, I am Hawaiian. Mm. And, you know, you're like, oh, I have, like, 
one fourth or one sixth percent Hawaiian blood in me or whatever. Yeah. Like that is very common in Hawaii. So you can look, you know, you can look not like a Hawaiian person mm-hmm. and people won't be surprised that it's like, oh yeah, you have Hawaiian in you. you yeah. Know? So, yeah. yeah so i don't know and I, we get a lot of requests for like oh do this song do this uh, do this hawaiian song or whatever i would love to do a bunch but it's like i have to find the right person to sing it or the right person to dance or the right person to like to do that song justice because it's really tough with the friends that i have like i would just get judged <laughs> like yeah <laughs> it's it's tough i can't just put out stuff just to put it out just to have content or just to have the views or whatever like it has to go through a process I mean, like, even, uh, it's kind of funny because even, like, people, even mm-hmm. if you just play ukulele, right, people assume that you have some kind of connection to Hawaii mm-hmm. or you. And, and the connection is there. Not saying yeah. that there's no connection. Yeah. But, like, that that's why, like, people assume Lenny mm-hmm. is Hawaiian, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, ukulele? Yeah. It's like, yeah, he plays ukulele, but, yeah. It's... Yeah, don't you see the plumeria on his shirt? <laughs> yeah, and he, he even jokes about that, right? Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm from the island of San Diego. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, that's a lot of people, so. Yeah. yeah, and, I mean, you know, like, getting into the conversations with those two about, like, I just felt guilty because it's it's like their culture is already being kind of commercialized like everywhere and stuff and I'm not necessarily like you know like uh and not maybe I am a little bit different but it's kind of the same where I'm just like hey everyone's learned a song or whatever but they said as long as you do it with you know with, with the respect for the culture and the intention of teaching and the intention of uh educating people about you know about the culture than it, than it is but if you have like like other intentions of like oh well you know people like this so I'm going to do this without thinking about what that you know what that means I mean for example like um, without going too deep into it like a song like Hene Hene Kawaka you know very a very good song by Brada is love that song super catchy and stuff but like listening to the lyrics not that appropriate to teach <laughs> like, not that appropriate don't want to do it <laughs> yeah. yeah it's and saying this stuff right like we're not trying to scare people off from playing or trying to learn these things or something it's just uh yeah just uh like learn it or try and find reputable places to learn it from Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah and and i'm sure like even if you do make a mistake uh you know people in people in the the hawaiian cultural uh like community they're very nice, so mm-hmm. they're they're not gonna just like jump on you right and be <laughs> yeah, like, "Hey, hey, <laughs> oh, shouldn't do that," you know. But like, they might at, like try and steer you to the right direction too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, don't don't be afraid to to try it out. Okay, yeah. So it's yeah, a good conversation about that. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a long time because it was pre pandemic, like where where mm-hmm. I had that. I just had that huge guilt. I'm like, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, and, and for a while, your culture this way. <laughs> like we've been trying to get someone to teach mm-hmm. Hawaiian properly yes. here yeah. on Ukulele Underground. Mm-hmm. So that uh, it, it the the project stalled for a while, but it mm-hmm. may be getting revived. Yes. So yes. we'll see. We can't we can't Sit talk tight. about too too much about yeah. it, but we're we're excited for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys uh, went to the retreats like the ukulele on the ground you treat then you'll know exactly how serious we are about like hawaiian culture and teaching this culture properly because the people who you know who went to the retreat got legit like hawaiian culture and hawaiian music teachers that like that uh that they experienced here and ah uh, just even like um 
uh, uncle, the 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 coup that that came uncle down. Maka. Yeah, and then like he brought that that little kid over to like to sing a song. Uh, he sucked. Uh, it was just so, so good. such a great experience. Like too bad of pandemic, we couldn't do it again this year. But <laughs> it was it was awesome. Like and um and we had yeah Ranon Kahir. Then we had uh, Kupa Owa who you know who came down mm-hmm. and like and shared their manao about like their songs and stuff it's really cool and then uncle joe of course you know he's hawaiian he's been mm-hmm. building ukuleles for a long time i miss it man i miss that if, retreat i miss the people from retreat come back guys let's hang out yeah if, <laughs> if you're interested about that that kind of stuff too mm-hmm. like the people who really know about it they're never gonna be like or i've never met somebody who's like whoa you can't learn about this because you're not hawaiian they're like very happy to share with mm-hmm. you know everybody if you're interested so mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah if you you are yes. interested and you find somebody who, you know, they're like a kumu or something, feel right. free try it try it and ask them. Yeah, because I'm sure they'll they'll be happy to help. It's basically like you could probably find a good taekwondo place, but don't sign up for Rex Kwondo. You know, <laughs> there's like reputable Hawaiian culture teachers, but then there's those Hawaiian culture teachers also. You know? <laughs> the Rex Kwondo yeah. of the uh, now you're gonna have to put that as a link on the description <laughs> on, the, uh, on the page. Kahai Rex Kwondo, body yeah. your sensei. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I know someone from Hawaii <laughs> who taught me how to pronounce things. So I'm gonna teach you how how to pronounce things and yeah. all the stories I've, and everything. I have taken Ooh. enough who the lessons at the at the Sheraton Resort, the, the YMCA. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, or or uh, yeah, like you know, signing up for uh, oh. This is a Hawaiian night luau. I'm going to learn how to dance hula. It's like, uh, yeah, oh. that's fun. Okay. All right, Kai, go on. Yeah, let's, go. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> I can uh, go on well, and on about this subject. Kind of going back to the yeah. chat, uh, yeah. Jim mentioned that he thinks that Kanilea uses uh, graphite rods. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I was that's it, that's it, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is something like, like I was said. There is something going on. Not here. a yeah. yeah. It's not a truss rod, yeah. but it's just a yes, a way to strengthen the neck. Yeah, um, to make sure that it doesn't bow. There it is. That's why I'm like, I don't want to say because I know there's something, but I'm sure there's no. Because if there was a truss rod, you could you could adjust it like, yeah. down here, and and I don't see that like on, on this ukulele. But um, there is something definitely there, like right right around here. Yeah. I, I think they might offer it. Like if you, no, if someone really wanted one, they mm-hmm. they could. But mm-hmm. it's not a standard thing. Yeah. All right, hi. What else? Uh, and then Devin mentioned that he has his ukes hanging on the wall. Uh huh. So he's wondering what's the lowest humidity that would make that okay. Uh, I don't know. Like really, I don't. Like thirty is pretty low. You know, yeah. like yeah. Anytime, anytime that it goes below like 35 you should yeah. probably stick it yeah. in a case with with a humidifier mm-hmm. 35 or higher than 80 maybe also like lower than 35 or 35 and lower maybe 80 and higher but even then anything in between you just gotta watch out for like maintain your you know maintain your ukes but like okay it's been like a month or whatever or a couple months just like check it and they go everything all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and in that case just to be on the safe side if you're just displaying it like putting on the wall and stuff and not actively playing it all the time detune it and just play it safe yeah 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 even even if it's in the case too if you're yeah. not playing it yes detune, detune it detune. and yeah if you 
that is probably something that uh, we recommend, but we don't do enough, right? Like, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. we leave instruments yeah, that are strung up. <laughs> but I mean, it, I, yeah, I've seen a lot of ukuleles just right in half because the, of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The safe bet is to do it and you can kind of take a roll of the dice and mm-hmm. it might work out fine you know but yeah if you're not gonna play it for you know a long period of time just yeah yeah if you're just gonna stick it in the closet and it'll probably be another year before you pick it up probably Mm -hmm. detune i mean there was a there was a time when like um getting those kind of repairs like uh, luthiers getting repairs like their uh you know their bridge came off or their their neck like you know like came off and stuff it used to be kind of common but nowadays it's not that common only because they switch from using like koa uh, koa necks because back then kamaka used to be all like an all koa instrument but mm-hmm. then they soon found out that like that's not necessarily a good thing because the neck um suffers from being a little too soft mm-hmm. but i mean not saying that they don't they don't exist because old like old kamakas do exist if you take care of just right that's yeah well that's a, the stories right mm-hmm. is people have old kamakas or martins and yeah. they're like this is like worth thousands of dollars now mm. oh my gosh and then somebody else hears about it and they're like i'm gonna go look in my closet to find my old kamaka <laughs> and they're like oh it's broken in half uh-huh. you know it's like it's okay like a few hundred bucks right but it's broken it's like no it's, it's a broken instrument <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like the people who who theirs lasted through the years mm-hmm. they probably either did detune it or it just got lucky and it was just one of the ones that didn't break so or the strings broke before the yeah. neck it did. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you don't want to take the chance. No. Yep. No. Uh, Kristen Sue had a question. Sure. So they asked, what are your, some of your favorite jazz and blues chord progressions? Also, which scales are best to practice to play solos with these chord progressions? All time favorite, 251. 251, baby. <laughs> so, so fun. Um, 1625, also also a great one. <laughs> uh, just those like simple ones. I mean, honestly, I'm not that great of a jazz player. I just started kind of, you know, like diving into jazz just a few years ago when um, I was kind of tossed into a, a jazz group with, uh, with Mike, uh, Mike Odell. But other than that, like just really simple stuff. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not an Abe Lagrimis or, you know, or a Paul Hemmings or anything like that. Like, I, I keep things I uh, keep things relatively simple. So one six two five, two five one things like that. I'm a huge fan of because it's it's good stuff. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because if you're asking me what my favorites, those are my favorites. Uh, what about what about you, Aaron? What's your favorite jazz chord progression solo too? I don't know. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't usually think of things in chord progressions. Mm-hmm. I just think of things in songs. Yeah. Like true, so if true, you. True. If you have your fa- a favorite jazz song, then just steal those chords and play mm-hmm. them over and over, yeah. and then and then noodle on top of that, mm-hmm. and that should be fine. And when you get into jazz, you're probably gonna find right like, wait a minute, this is the same chords as that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's usually, I mean, yeah. If you have a favorite jazz song or like a jazz mm-hmm. standard, like a Autumn Leaves or mm-hmm. something, just. Just take those chords and then play those chords mm-hmm. over and over, and you should be yeah. Because we we mentioned practicing and mm-hmm. we mentioned the real book before, right? And like if you look at through the real book, there's a lot of songs that is like the same key and the same chords, except for like maybe one transition chord or one mm-hmm. chord substitution here. But if you learn like you know both those songs and you learn where chord substitutions can go, that's where you can make songs sound more jazzy, you know too. Mm-hmm. It can kind of steer away from the typical way that it's played 
into something that sounds more like, ooh, that that has a little bit more spice to it. That's a little spicy. bit more of a kick. Spicy. Yeah. And and uh <laughs> that the red book mm-hmm. it's framed back there. <laughs> the, oh yeah, 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 okay. The red book that like, you can got pick from, you from can, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you can pick that up for free online. Mm-hmm. So if you um Yeah. It, it shows you like the the basics of jazz. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's the basics, but it goes really deep, really <laughs> it's, fast. It's still jazz. <laughs> yeah. It's still jazz. Yeah, so, so, I mean, and they have um, uh, lists of, like, jazz standards that mm. if you're a beginner, you should look up, and songs and albums and things. So mm. you, if you, if it's you really free, don't right? know, yeah, it's yeah. free. Yeah, you, you can just order it online, and it, they'll ship it to you free. You, you messaged them asking for physical copies, right? Yeah. But they even provide like just free Digital PDFs copies. of yeah. that the yeah, book too. Yeah, you don't so even have to get it shipped to you. You don't have to wait. You can get it like you can go to the site. We'll post a link to the site in the description of the video, and you can just go there and pick up the PDF like mm-hmm. right now. So yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else? Any other questions? Well, the the other part of their question was, what uh, scales can you practice to you know for those chord progressions? But um, I mean if. You know, we're talking two five one one six or one six two five or one six four five. Just stick to the major and minor, you know, uh, minor scales. I mean, there are other scales you can definitely check out. Like, uh, but I would stick to those because those, you know, are are the foundations to a lot of you know a lot of things. When even when you add fancy chords like flat, you know, flat fives or sharp elevens or things like that, like it still pertains to the major and minor scales. You know. Um, so if you're playing jazz chords, it's still good to know your basic stuff. So basic uh, major minor scales, maybe a harmonic minor and melodic minor, like to just change it up a bit and stuff. Like other than that, yeah, uh, yeah. Or I mean blues. If you're yeah. playing blues chords, then yeah. just play the blues scale. Like the pentatonics, like based based on pentatonic mm-hmm. scales, like that. Yeah, that's all just like normal stuff. I mean, you can you know uh, you can look into more like complicated scales, but I would get really, really, really good at like the majors and minors and like harmonic minor, melodic minors, and then maybe go off. If you're looking for something specific, you're like, no, but give me one. You know, like uh, I have, I have this book called The Grimoire of uh, of of scales and stuff. Check that out. I think it's like a purple book. It's good stuff. Yeah, is that that's for guitar though, or? I think so, but it works for anything. I mean, scales are scales. Yeah, you know? like, it just yeah, lists the yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. List the notes of this. It is for guitar. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But it, you know, you can use it for anything. Yeah, I think in uh, in solo secrets, right? Uh, how we we kind of showed that mm-hmm. was it, we broke it down by the you know the major scale, which is the first mode. Mm. Oh, and, you can do modes. Yeah, there you go. That's another yeah. thing. Yeah, modes. And the fifth mode, like that's the modes that we focus on in yeah. solo secrets. Mixolydian. Mm-hmm. But uh, jazz is kind of playing, once you get those two modes, and mm-hmm. those two modes are kind of like your jumping in point mm-hmm. that should be where you start off from. But then jazz is kind of like playing in between those two modes mm-hmm. or playing the notes in between. So that's where you can kind of figure it out. And like Mike said, right, uh, if you play a wrong note, just keep playing it because <laughs> when you play the wrong note multiple times, it like, oh, okay, no, that, that's that, jazz, that baby. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, and, and it's true. Yeah, yeah it, it does like, that's really that really is how you find out like ooh this this note isn't necessarily in the key yeah. or scale 
but man, I love playing this note <laughs> over this chord. on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or slide it up to the next fret and <laughs> or resolve. Up or down. Yeah. yeah. That's like the fun part about it, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, got that, some, it's got some stank on there. That's what uh, Renee liked, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you kind of helped her with the song she was working yeah. on, you showed her how to like add a little bit more of that. Like, <laughs> ooh, that it doesn't yeah. quite fit, but oh, it feels so good though. If it, it's so wrong, but it feels so right. <laughs> yeah. I caught the bass bug just like uh, it's like Renee because Renee's working on like on her bass and stuff. She's got a uh, she got a bass and uh, she got a U bass or something like that. Um, I know she's been playing bass. But because I've been doing my videos and stuff, and since this pandemic doesn't allow me to play with my friends too much, like I've been learning bass, whew, it's a lot of fun. It's so <laughs> hard. Like I, um, today I released my uh, song for my first album, or re, you know, redid "Loud Phrases" because I, I, I didn't have a proper video for it for some reason. Like I just <laughs> had an old video, like which is like the second video I've ever uploaded on YouTube, and then like a live one from KCC that me and Ryan were, were, were playing. So I'm like, oh, let's uh, let me do one. And I'm trying to do one original every month, but doing the the base of that song, I thought it was gonna be simple, it was like two chords, right? <laughs> but holy cow, like I was trying to listen to like Aniki Foster's bassline that he added on Sweet uh, Sweet Four and Nine. I was like, that is very complicated. <laughs> it's a very complicated bassline, and even the um, that Chocobo theme. That, that I did last uh -huh. week, and we did the Chocobo theme here on Ukulele Underground. Learning the baseline for that, I'm like, this is difficult. This is like, <laughs> why is it so hard? The chords are so easy. Like, wait, I have much more respect now to bass players, so I maybe should should treat Kanihu a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> you should just tell him like, learn this song, and then he just does it. Yeah, and then he does it. You know, like he's just so easy. Yeah, yeah. so it's just bass. <laughs> But it's uh, it is very difficult. So I now have a newfound respect for bass players. Uh -huh. Just yeah. I mean, I've always respected bass players because of their groove and their ability to like to follow, you know, like a a, a groove and and a, and a tempo and stuff. Or maybe they can even set their own. But like now I'm like uh, I respect them for many more reasons than <laughs> just that, you know. Yeah. But cool beans. I, I I dig it. It's it's I'm learning a lot about like. <laughs> about how everything stacks in a song you know it's pretty cool i i always like how everybody wants to be like the you know lead guitarist yeah, or, or singer lead. or whatever yeah. yeah but once you become a musician right everybody wants to play with a good bass player <laughs> because good bass players yeah. make or break you know everything so yeah yeah there's all those like bass player and, and drum player jokes and stuff like how you know they don't get enough attention or they don't get the money or they don't write enough songs mm -hmm. or whatever but like geez like tell that to Paul McCartney. <laughs> like, he's he's definitely uh, made enough money for himself and and uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, like uh, you know when we write our own songs, like mm -hmm. I I'll throw on a pre-made you know drum track or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there is like a difference between like a good drummer listening to a song and figuring out like a drum beat that fits the song, mm -hmm. and just something that's like oh yeah I play the snare on two and i play the bass on four and <laughs> that's just all i do it's like mm, yeah it, it works but it's not it's not the greatest it doesn't sound the greatest mm -hmm, so, yeah. yeah all right now anything else we need to talk about before we go uh marimo asked a question okay. uh so she said how do i find the key of g minor on my circle of fits oh um there should be a uh, a relative minor thing that then we have a, a thing yeah, that shows so relative the, minor. The outer circle, yeah, is the majors, 
and then the inner circle is the miners. Yeah. So if just find the um, uh, find this this the spot in the circle of fifths where it highlights the G minor as its relative um, relative minor to whatever major scale that you're looking for, and that's how you find it. Yeah. Um, put spoilers, that in the center. It's B flat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put it in the center. Yeah, and the the chords to the left of it and the right of it. Yeah. Immediately to the left and right. Yeah. are the chords inside of uh, the, that key. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's if you're looking for it in the circle of fifths. Um, an easier way is to just take the minor, uh, whatever minor key that you want to do it, in this case, G minor, just go a step and a half up. Okay, so if you go a step and a half up, that should give you the relative major, and that should give you the, uh, the place on the circle of fifths. So in this case, B flat. So if it's B flat, you would just set your circle of fifths to, uh, to the key of B flat, and there you have your G minor chords. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Let's give more of that, that kind of question, Kai. Something I know. She, thought, yeah, gotta toss me a lob every now and then, you know? Like, yeah, she, so she kind of mentioned that she got confused because she found a playthrough of a song. Yeah. And it said it was in G minor and it had F and D in it. So she was hmm. a little confused. But, like, if you look at a song and they, you know, they say that they're mm. in one key and you're looking at it, because even uh, when we, were, we did the live coaching with Andrew, right? Yeah. Wasn't it Jim who was like, oh, I, I checked out this song, and, mm. but all the chords are wrong, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, you just got to be careful about that stuff online. It's like, yeah. sometimes people are not super careful about what chords they, they yeah, put yeah. down in So, So their... if there's a G minor, but an F and a D, what It's still a G that? minor, because D yeah. is um, is the fifth to, uh, to a G. So you can use the D as a five to, yeah, to yeah. Uh, it, so that you can then resolve to the G minor. So you're still in the G minor key. Yeah. yeah. So it it's good that you kind of question it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, G minor. Yeah. <laughs> still G minor. Still G minor. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that that was all the questions Ooh, that we got. Thank this you, Kai. Give me a nice lob for the last question. <laughs> Smash it so that. I look good on camera, you know, like, I, hey, I got this, guy. Let me take I'm care of this last question. <laughs> I'm basically just the mouth to the chat. People type stuff in the chat, and I just yeah. spit it out. So yep. The mouth from the south. Uh, sure, you can. Uh, I'm not from oh, Koloa, but Mouth yeah. from the east. It doesn't rhyme, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, nothing else? I think that's it uh, okay, for we were, the questions. We were going to set like a brand new challenge and stuff, but maybe we'll wait until uh, until next week. I'm trying to secure another guest for a future Ukulele Underground podcast. If I somehow miraculously um, secure this guest, uh, the Ukulele Underground podcast, uh, depending on when this person is is available, we might just let you guys know when that podcast is going to be. Yes. I have reached out to that person. I'm yet to uh, just last <laughs> night. Okay, oh, cool. so it's not like I've been waiting for for an answer and stuff, but just cross your fingers, everyone. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be a huge get if if we get it, but no guarantees. So I don't want to say because I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if nothing else, I guess we can get Jake. You know, <laughs> I guess I, could, I guess we could ask Jake or something. Like, let's have him on the podcast. I think, yeah, I think people like they hear you say that and they're yeah. gonna assume like, oh, it's Jake. That's or why it's I, saw I wanted to say Jake because it's not Jake. Yeah, I, I think it, it's it would be a great guest for mm -hmm. the podcast, but I don't think it's anybody that people would suspect. Right? Yeah, now. it's it's not anyone people 
should know unless you know that person already. <laughs> but it's yeah, I phew, I would be stoked, and Kahai probably couldn't couldn't keep still if it if it comes true. <laughs> no, but you you know the guy uh, or the I person, I should say. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. See see. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know, but yeah, that that is true. We, we, you're like friends yeah. now. You're, you're you're basically friends. You're basically, you basically can yep. borrow a cup of sugar from this guy if you needed to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, do you want to? Yeah. So we won't. Maybe, uh, we'll hold off on setting the new challenge. Yes. But do you want to pick the winner of the last challenge? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Do do do. Ooh. Okay. So this is for the. Uh, it's a thirty-minute lesson. So the winner. Here's uh here's the wheel Kai that Kai made for us. So here's the four people that you know that made uh, that made songs. This is for a 30 minute private lesson from yours truly. That is not a part of your two uh, lesson allowance for ukulele underground. So this is a completely you know just a surprise just just for this contest. <laughs> okay, and uh, and you can schedule that. It doesn't even have to be. Um, the times of the uh, the ukulele underground uh, private lessons, we can definitely set aside some time where I can go and give you a 30-minute private lesson. So let's click on that wheel and figure out who to give this lesson to. Kahat. Spin that wheel. Chris and Sue. Right on to Chris and Sue, congratulations and thank you so much for your song. Um, what this is basically is they, you know, they made a song based on our uh, um, our guidelines of, of uh, the the last songwriting challenge. So if you wanna, you know, if you wanna win some cool prizes, sometimes we give away physical things, sometimes we do lessons and whatnot, sometimes we do strings, whatever it may be. Um, you can, you know, you can get yourself in uh, in line for a prize if if uh, if you should choose so write a song for us now all all you got to do is uh follow the guidelines which we'll be making next week on next week's show um it'll be due i guess three or four weeks afterwards and then we'll pick a winner and we'll give you a nice prize oh but, yeah huh? uh next week too is gonna be the first uh thursday of the month Ooh. So okay sorry i blanked out this week <laughs> next week we have a, a another open mic thursday next week it would be the first yeah, yeah. Okay, right on. So April 1st, not a joke, not an April <laughs> Fool's joke. We are having an Ukulele Underground open mic next week, Thursday. All right. Um, bonus points if you, I don't know, um, dress up silly. If you want to dress up silly, it is April Fool's. So let's, let's have some fun. Nothing too crazy, you know, just let's dress up silly. I mean, it's not Halloween or anything like that. <laughs> feel free to do whatever you want. I mean, we had Rob dress up as uh, yeah. as Sir Elton John last week, uh, last that last time. That was pretty cool, you know. <laughs> they just, if you want to like spice it up a little bit and just you know be silly. You can um, uh, since it is April Fools. Um, I I hope somebody at least one person do never gonna give you up by uh, by Rick Ashley. Is that one that's up, or is it another song? It's never gonna give you up, right? Uh-huh. That's the one that, yeah. that's the meme, yeah. I want to see someone do never gonna give you up. We'll we'll give you two songs. <laughs> play that and then play your actual song. <laughs> right on, guys. We'll see you tomorrow for our Lower Friday Live Jam. Um, keep it locked into Ukulele Underground. Sign up for UU Plus to take your ukulele playing to the next level. Take some private lessons from yours truly. Watch uh, a lot of stuff on UU Plus. We have UU Plus solos. We have lots of seminars. We have lots of master classes. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for UU Plus to take your ukulele playing to the next level. We have a jam tomorrow, and I'll see you next week for the open mic. Aloha. Mm-hmm.